Welcome to the Sword and Trowel, the Sword and Trowel's podcast of Founders Ministries, and Founders exists for the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of local churches. I'm Tom Askell, and delighted to welcome you to this edition of the podcast. And today, I'm particularly glad to be able to introduce to you Dr. Richard Barcellus, an old friend of mine who is in town teaching for the Institute of Public Theology. So, mm-hmm. Rich, welcome to the Sword and the Trowel. Well. So far, it's good to be here. Yeah, well, I'm yeah, glad that yeah. you're here, and it'll be good before you leave as right. well. You'll be able to say that at the end, too. We were talking earlier. Uh, Rich was admiring all the uh, portraits on the walls here and wondering where his was, and it's not yet ready. We've got an artist commissioned all the way from Italy that's going to come over uh-huh. here and do that. Yeah. Once that's done and uh, you're long gone, then we'll put and your then I can die. picture right. up on the wall as well. Okay. No, we're glad to have you here. And before we get going in a conversation, I want to just tell you about uh, – one of the books that we've published from Dr. Barcellus is Getting the Garden Right, Adam's Work and God's Rest in Light of Christ. Uh, this book, I think, retails for $19, and we're going to make it available for the next couple of weeks for $14 in honor of having Dr. Barcellus here with us in the studio. And uh, Rich, would you be willing to actually autograph some of these? <laughs> Uh, yes. Now I'm I hear willing that, to autograph. Them. I hear that something happens yeah. to the value of one of your books goes when you down. autograph. Yeah, it goes down. It goes so down. So you can get the autographed one for twelve fifty. Twelve fifty if you autograph it, or yeah. if it's just without. No. So you let us know if you want it not autographed. We'll send you one of those. But Rich will sign some of these, and we'll make them available for you for the next couple of weeks. It's an excellent book. Been endorsed by lots of wonderful guys: Joel Beakey, Tom Nettles, others as well. And uh, you just want to you want to get this book to help you to read the Bible in a kind of holistic way and to understand if you don't get right what happened at the beginning, you're not going to get right what happened after that. Fair enough? It's a good way to put it. Yep. Okay. Also, uh, don't forget about the Founders Conference coming up. What is man? The doctrine of man from the scripture. We got Bodie Balkum, Joel Beakey, Paul Washer. Um, who else is going to be there? I'm going to be there. Bradley Pierce is going to be there as well. Tom Nettles, Bill Askell, Fred Malone. It's going to be a fun time. We're going to actually have a panel of the uh, living original Founders board members to talk about what's happened over the last 40 years wow. in Founders. Yeah, it'll That's be good. great. That'll be that'll good. That'll be great. This is yeah. 40 years coming up of yeah. Founders Ministries. Hard to believe. Man. Yeah, I was like seven years old, I think, when we started. Yeah, I uh, wasn't born yet. <laughs> So, Rich, thanks for being here uh, and being a part of the Institute of Public Theology, teaching a course on hermeneutics, and uh, joining me today on the podcast. Good to be here. Yeah. So, when did you and I first meet? It's a good question. I'm thinking in the late 90s, um, I think my first contact with you was through the initial version of what became in defense of the Decalogue. Uh, There was an issue in my local church at the time, and... New Covenant Theology was being promoted, and I thought, I need to address this. And the guy that was promoting it was a really sharp guy, um, but he's passing around stuff, and it was against the doctrinal statement of our church and the Constitution. And so I wrote this 50- or 60-page document, and I sent it to a mutual friend of ours, mm-hmm. Pastor Earl Blackburn. And I'm not sure. I don't think Earl asked me. I think Earl sent it to you. Mm-hmm brother, this is good. You need to, you know, consider this or whatever. And at some point, um, I think that was how the contact came. Probably emailed, could have called me. I'm not sure. Hey, we're interested in publishing this. So, And so this was like 90 what? Three, four? It was the late 90s. No, 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 it was the late 90s. Because when did the Decalogue books, 2000 or 2001? Yeah, that's right. And so what I did was I turned that into a THM. 
for Whitfield Seminary, right? Uh, and then reworked it for, for you. And can, can I tell the story? Yeah, go ahead and tell the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, so the original uh, documents that I interacted with in in defense of the doc, doc, uh, Decalogue were um, were website articles that either John Riesinger posted himself or had somebody post. Mm -hmm which ended up being books. But I didn't know there were books. I just knew them as web, uh, website articles. They ended up being books. Um, but I read them all, all the ones I could and thought were important. And I, so anytime I quoted him in my document, it was always this address to a website, you know. So um, Ernie Riesinger was still alive at the time. And in I, this church. I'd never met Ernie. And he was Reisinger. Reisinger. John Reisinger, Ernie Reisinger. That's another show, but nevertheless, it's the truth. Just want to be right. historically, historically Ernie, accurate here. My buddy Ernie, uh, and we went way back. You know, I'd read a <laughs> few of his books and appreciated what I'd heard about him and all that stuff. And so at some point, I'm not sure how I got his contact info, probably through you. Yeah. I wanted him to write the uh, forward or mm -hmm. endorse it or whatever, and I don't know how old he was at the time, but I, I sent it to him, and then I got a phone call from him and uh, gruff voice was that right mm -hmm. i remember mm -hmm. yeah. richard i'm too old for this you yeah. gotta get younger guys i read through it and I, you know i understand it. it's great and this that and the other i think you're right on but i'm too old get get younger guys to goodbye thank you <laughs> and then at some point you tell me you know all those footnotes that are website addresses uh you need to you need to get the books i'm going oh man so I, I go to the mail one day and I get this uh, letter and I look at it and it's like got a physician's handwriting. You're just <laughs> scribbly and it's Florida and it's to me and I see Reisinger. Reisinger. Okay. Well done. I see ER on there. I go, huh, I open it up and it's just a check for $250 written out to me. On the memo it says writing ministry. So we're talking again and you said, you know, reminded me, you got to do the thing with the footnotes and all that stuff. I said, hey, I got this check from Ernie Riesinger. Reisinger. Reisinger. From ER. And uh, uh, and I said, it's $250. And it says on the memo, writing ministry. I don't have a writing ministry. <laughs> you know, what do I do with the money? And you said, buy John's books mm -hmm. with Ernie's money. Now, Tom, this is sad. Tom's getting up there. He, he forgot this several years ago. I had to remind him. I think he might have had to take some your prescription to, for it to work. But he doesn't remember now. He told me, John buy John's books with Ernie's money. And that's how I got John Re Riesinger's, Riesinger's book, books uh, with Ernie Reisinger's uh, <laughs> They're brothers. Money. I know those, they're brothers. The people might not know who's listening to this. Though, yeah. so. I know they're brothers. They're absent from the body and, and, and present with the Lord. But yes. So that's the story behind that and and... There's another story about that book. There really is. We'll there, talk about there's it. multiple stories about that book because it was really a good book, and there wasn't anything like it, you know, that existed yeah. because New Covenant theology was new at that time, and a lot of people were very nervous about it. A lot of guys that were confessional like we are, you know, they they really were upset about it in uh, uh, more maybe visceral ways. I mean, not that they weren't also intellectually trying to do, deal with the arguments, but they were very very. Uh, concerned about the dangers of it and dealing pretty ruthlessly with it. And you dealt ruthlessly with the arguments, but you were very charitable uh, with the people holding the arguments. And I thought that's a wonderful combination. It's a wonderful example. It's what we need. 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know what's interesting about that is, uh, and and I tried to be try to distinguish between. I didn't put it that way back then, but this is how I put it now. We need to distinguish between doctrines and dudes, mm-hmm. between uh, proposals and persons, mm-hmm. between um, ideas and individuals. And when we don't, um, we're not doing a service because yeah. these are our brothers in Christ, and we should right. be very gracious and careful. Now, what's interesting, and you'll find this because you're one of the old brothers, you know, one of the, you're going to be up on the wall here pretty soon. <laughs> um, is I sent that document to A.N. Martin, mm. and I asked him, uh, this is Albert N. Martin. He, he's still, still alive. Still yeah. alive, yeah. And uh, he was in his full intellectual capacities at the time. And Pastor Martin, would you be interested in just at least reading it for me and, and help me and, and stuff like that? So uh, his response was, yes, I, I will be glad to. And he, and he read it. He really liked it. I don't think he endorsed it. I don't even think I asked him to endorse it, but um, he said, "You know, brother, in the conclusion, you you you, you get a li- a bit triumphalistic. Hmm. Uh, you might want to tone down the rhetoric or something yeah, like that." Yeah. And so he he actually helped me uh, in the end there just to tone down the rhetoric a, li- a little because one of the issues I had was the rhetoric. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know, I, I read the John Riesinger books and I thought you know there's a lot of rhetoric in here there's a lot of flame throwing there's a lot of stuff that if I wrote on this I I, I wouldn't do that I actually got help from Tom Wells mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. is a new covenant brother right. Tom's right. with the Lord now uh, but Tom helped me after the book came out uh, because he appreciated the tone of the book he helped me have some interaction with some brothers that were struggling with some things and I didn't want to respond wrongly. So I said, Tom, I need your help. Mm-hmm. And we actually became friends and I could call him if right. I wanted. And I did a few times and, and many emails. So his book on new covenant theology was really helpful as well. Oh yeah. 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 You know, I mean, just good. Oh yeah. Matter of fact, they wrote that book and, and Fred's yep. Aspel. I got a copy <clears throat> from Fred uh, and I consider to this day, Fred, Fred's a friend. Uh, we had, had nothing but cordial um, interaction. He sent me a copy, and in there he signed it to the guy that make, made us go to all this work, uh, Fred. I hope you enjoy it. And Fred pointed out in that book um, a place in my book where I misunderstood Fred, and I mm. made him made him out to say something he didn't say. And when I first read it, I go, Nah, you know, I'm, I am my father's son. You know. <laughs> don't make those kind of errors. That's my first thought. Um, my, my dad's a perfectionist. Can I tell you a little story? My dad makes this stairway down to a basement, and my brother and his friend are going down, and on the way up, the friend trips over one of the steps. My dad welded the thing together with, with a buddy of his. Not long ago, six, eight, ten years ago. My dad's 89. And my brother's buddy says, this, 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 this step's about eighth inch off or sixteenth inch <laughs> off. My bullish brother looks at me, what are you talking about? My dad built that thing. I guarantee you it's not. <laughs> so anyway, I am my father's son. I'm going, I didn't mess. So I read the, his source again, and I went back to the original source that I was quoting and interpreting. I got it wrong. Mm. Oh, man. So I did a book review for it in a journal I was editing at the time, Reformed Baptist Theological Review, and I, I had to eat crow feathers and all. I had to acknowledge it. You know, that's mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Yeah, it's there. People yeah. looked at it, you know. Yeah. So I did get him wrong. But it, isn't that the great thing about 
being a Christian is you can admit your mistakes and we can confess our sins because we have a savior. Yeah. And you know, one of the things well, that, that grieves hey. me today is we, we get people that just seem to get doubled down in their errors and in their sins. And they refuse to acknowledge it because they think, Oh, if I do this, I lose face. And I mean, Jesus has already died for it. Good right. night. Yeah. What are we hiding from? This is crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah, it is, but it's easy. It's it easy is. I that. mean, I know. I, I think know. the more, um, you know, the more you get out there and put your stuff out, like like the books and mm-hmm. the articles and even the tweets now, um, <laughs> um, you build up a following and then you have a reputation and and uh, there's a temptation, I think, not to, you know, you don't want to lose face. You don't right. want to be wrong about something. Sure. But you know, I, man, you know what, though? I, here, here's the way I look at that is uh, when people say stuff about me, even stuff that's not true, that's you know bad, slanderous, or whatever, I try to remember, look, the, the truth is so much worse. That's right. <laughs> you, know? you think that's bad. <laughs> that's right. Hey, look, it took the death of God's son to save yeah, me. What are you going right. to say about yeah. me? You know? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've always said this. We're way worse than oh, yeah. we even consciously realize, and God is way better than we'll ever know. He's the inexhaustible, blessed, forever yeah. isness of divinity, <laughs> yeah. you know, that Amen. just pours out, overflows toward his creatures and in his goodness. And yeah, we're, we're way worse than we realize. But, <laughs> well, you, know. you wrote the book and uh, it went out of print and we wanted to reprint it. And you were thinking, oh, you know, I got this, uh, I need to update this. And so I think uh, maybe it was that it was like 90, no, that would have been uh, 2002, three, four, I said, come on, Rich, let's reprint this. And yeah. you said, well, let me work on it. So I think that was like 2000, 2007 or eight. 2005, I, I said, let's come on, Rich, let's do this. You said, let me work on it. 2006. Hold on. I said, come on, Slow Rich, down. let's do this. Slow down, Tim. <laughs> it's Tim, right? Tom. Yeah, close Tim. enough. Askel, slow down. It's 2006 when I moved from California to, to Kentucky. Kentucky for five years. Owensboro. It was between 2006 and 2011 that you contacted me. Hey. Repeatedly. We want Multiple times a this year. This is done. We're over with No, this. wait a minute. You moved well, to... I'd like to thank everybody for watching. <laughs> Tom's been my guest the last time he's on my show. You, I'm in that chair next you time. Were, you, uh, you, you were moving to Owensboro, Kentucky to be a part of okay, what help. is now... Covenant Baptist yes. Theological Seminary. Yeah. How old was the seminary at that time? Oh, about five or six years. Yeah, and because was, I helped start that. Yeah, yeah, you know, I right. was involved in yeah, that yeah. with Sam and Yeah, you helped start a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that was that was a fun, that's another story we need to tell sometime about the beginnings of what is now Covenant Baptist Like the time seminary. we played basketball and I tore my ACL when you undercut me? <laughs> Look. I can't stick Actually, it was, it was the week after. We did play basketball know, one time. Remember that? Multiple times. Multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, one time a week later, I did tear my ACL. So anyway, it's the five-year period that it was in okay. Kentucky when you contacted me multiple times, okay? Because I was out there multiple times. Uh, and Every saying, time I was there. We'd like to do a second edition, and I was writing a dissertation, and then <clears> I became a pastor there, and I was teaching Greek and uh, biblical theology, New Testament introduction, and hermeneutics. So I, I still was, don't understand why you wouldn't do it. I was busy. Uh, could you let me finish this story? <laughs> Come on. Um, and then I moved to California. And so the knock-knock happened. I don't know how many times you contacted me, but I did remember this. And Ken Poles remembers this. So Jim Renahan, I think it's 2012 or 13. We're speaking at a Southwest 
Founders Conference mm-hmm. uh, meeting at uh, in Mansfield, Texas. In Mansfield, Texas. Yeah. Q&A or something like that. Hand goes up, and it's Ken. He's sitting in the second <laughs> row down there on my right. Okay, Doc, Doc Rannan and I were here. So he stands <laughs> up with the microphone. He says, Dr. Tom Askell has sent me here to ask you when the second edition, <laughs> we can expect a second edition of In Defense of the Decalogue. And I said, tell him two years or something like that. Okay. So I think that was published in 2017. Yes, that's right. Okay. Now that took 54 years of my life in one sense to write. Mm. So I've been thinking about that. I had developed lectures in biblical theology and some of the hermeneutic stuff going. And uh, I had preached a series of sermons that actually got, I published uh, in our BAP company. Um, Better than the beginning. Right. So I call this better than the beginning on steroids. It's the same <laughs> arguments, basically. But I, I don't think you put the on steroids point but yeah, in there. But no. yeah. But I. But I uh, just that was ex- your title. I expanded that, and you know what's interesting about this book is that um, Tom changed both the title and the cover, and <laughs> I think it would have sold a lot more with the other title and cover. But you know we yeah. disagree on this. Well, let me just give you the 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 title that you wanted us to publish this under was "Getting the Garden Wrong." Yeah, getting the getting garden, garden wrong. wrong. A and critique of I New Covenant theology. Getting the garden right. Now that's a commentary on the difference between you and me, right? Half full, You're half empty. To do polemics. <laughs> that's what it is. You won't stand for what you believe. And, and look at this cover. It's effeminate. Look at that thing. This is this is your best selling book. What are you talking about? <laughs> we make you look good in I this book. I do like the subtitle. I think the subtitle's mine. Adam's work and God's yeah. rest in the light of Christ. Adam's yeah. work and God's rest in the light of Christ. It's a great book. But this book was supposed to be a revision of In Defense of the Decalogue. And at some point, you just said, I'm going to scrap that and write a new book. And that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, part of me... In writing that book, I, I used to have this desire. Uh, I, I still think the in defense of the Decalogue, I, I could redo it. I, I, I could do a second edition. When? I said I could. I didn't say I will. It's within the realm of possibility. I don't know the degree <laughs> of God. Okay. Um, but part of me wrote that in such a way as to set up a second volume that mm. would be um, on redemptive history, covenant theology, you know. Um, except for a robust and deeper treatment of Genesis 3.15. Sam Ranahan already did my dirty work for me, so I don't... And I think those volumes yeah. work together They very do, well. very well. Yeah, so I would like to see something on Genesis 3.15, and I, in my biblical theology course, I have like 60 or 70 pages of lecture notes just on Genesis 3.15 and the importance of it as a paradigm, in one sense, to help understand the entirety of Holy Scripture. John Owen said this about it, unless we take it messianically, the subsequent Scripture makes no sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if we do, and Nehemiah Cox held that very paradigmatic view of of, uh, of it as the first gospel promise, yeah. And, yeah. and I think it helps make sense of uh, just so many things. Um, yeah, so Sam's book you're referring to is in the Mystery of Christ. Yes, yeah, or the Mystery of Christ. Yeah, yeah, I, I like the book. Um, <laughs> I endorsed it just because you know Sam's a young guy. Yeah, he's trying to give him a help. Him. Yeah, yeah, give him a help, a hand up, a hand up. Yeah, right. what, what I say is, uh, you know, I hate him. I, <laughs> I hate Sam. He's like, he's my daughter's age, yeah. and he writes books like this. Yeah, know? come on, it took. I'm sixty. It took me a long time, but yeah, God, God is, you know. 
Dr. Renahan and Mrs. Renahan. They did pretty well, didn't they? Yeah, they, 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 they got some sun. So you, in addition to everything else you're doing, you are pastoring in Palmdale, California. You planted the church that you were in now for 10 years, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And before that, you planted a church in California. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. you were in that 1990, church. 1990, 15 and a half years at 15. that church, yeah. So planted two churches, pastored both of those churches for over 25 years. Yeah, and I've helped uh, other churches get planted. Um, one of those just folded recently that I helped get planted. But um, I helped to send Jim Butler up to Southwest Canada. And he's been there since 1997 mm. and their building is paid for and they've planted two churches mm. and they're in the midst of plant, hopefully planting a third church and with other desires uh, to be useful in that part of Southwest Canada. And that's Jim. God mm. is yeah. really blessed. Jim, you know, I got to know Jim in 1990. He was the first visitor at my first church plant. Is that right? And I just kind of took him under my wing because he was just so hungry. And he did everything I said, read everything I said to read. And five years later, he was an elder. And two years after that, he defected. I mean, we sent him <laughs> to Canada. It's like lopping off an arm. Yeah. But the Lord's really blessed uh, Jim's efforts up there. They've said just, just great to see. So, yeah. yeah, you know, when you get old, you end up having context sure. with various people and there's some skirmishes and some victories and some defeats. So speaking of being old, you now have grandchildren. Yeah. Got yeah. Uh, four out of the womb, one in the womb due in April, uh, October. Yeah. Yeah. So how old are your grandkids? Yeah. What is, what's the age span? Two. Two, two is the oldest. Two and under. One's going to be three, I think in two or three okay. in October. I, so, I can't remember. so you got four kids, three and under. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, like yeah, what yeah. what we we have fifteen nine and under. Yeah, and uh, it's fun, man. Just wait a few years. Every time they invade, it is an invasion. It is hilarious and it's wonderful. Yeah, glorious. Yeah, we we enjoy our. Great but it's kids. a great time of life too, isn't it? To be able to see those little ones. Oh yeah, you know, it's you, wonderful. Yeah, you, the, the bummer is our son, our youngest son, is married, lives in Idaho. Our daughter, mm-hmm. our oldest child, is married. Uh, she has two now. Lives in Oregon, so mm, yeah. Um, it's quite a That's a little later. tough. My, my wife's gone to both. I've only gone to one, but I, I need to get up to Idaho someday. Yeah, grandkids are great. They they do something for you. They yeah. uh, kind of put life in perspective uh-huh. yep. in a good way. So, what are you working on now? What what uh, what do you have in Nothing. the hopper? I don't do anything, Tom. <laughs> I'm teaching you, a class. Are at you your working school? on on? publishing anything you got anything in the works uh, besides the hermeneutics book yeah yeah well um after that book actually before that book was finished i got assigned a, a series of lectures at our local um pastors conference in southern california the one james dolzell spoke at in 2015 mm-hmm. out of that came the book all that is in god so uh, i was assigned 2017 uh, uh, of creation, chapter four. And Dr. Renahan assumed, this was like 2012, 13, when I was assigned it. Okay, We try to work two to four to five years in advance and because uh, we want guys to do a lot of study. So mm-hmm. I was going to le- lecture on chapter four. Dr. Renahan assumed, just do better in the beginning. Well, that's not what chapter four is about. So I did Trinity and Creation. Mm. In the beginning, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you know, uh, for his own glory and for the masturbation of his own glory in the space of six days, you know, created all things, all those things. I started studying it, 
2012 or 13, and I'm just going, there's a lot in here. Mm. So my lectures ended up becoming a book, 2019 or 20, it was published, mm -hmm. but it's one-third the size of that. But before that, um, I, ha I have something in the oven on the recapitulation of all things, mm. uh, Ephesians 1, um, and I've done all my exegetical work. I need to redo it. It's been in the oven for over 10 years, 10 or 12 years. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to call it, the recapitulation of all things. That's that's a big Just send it to me, and I'll, I'll get you a title. Well, <laughs> I have I have a, somebody that's already interested in it. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see, because they, they were interested in something else. It didn't work, and so they said, give us something else. I said this, and they said, okay, we'll do that. We'll have somebody else give you a, get the title for it. Yeah, okay. yeah, well, uh, uh, you know, the Red Series? Christian Focus, Reformed Exegetical and Doctrinal Studies. Matthew Barrett and John Fesco are the mm -hmm. editors. Okay, so it helps to have, you know, friends in high places. So they're interested in, in doing that yeah. one. And it, what it'll do is it'll argue that um, that uh, um, as the last Adam, the Son of God incarnate, is the recapitulation of the first Adam and of ancient Israel. Mm. Um, he is what both Adam individual in the garden and Adam corporate was not mm -hmm. that is faithful to God and obedient he recapitulates up uh, all things he re he heads up all things he ends up being the driver of the universe by virtue of his mediatorial uh, work so that all his friends and all his enemies ultimately end up where he puts them so the last Adam takes us where the first Adam failed to do. It's mm -hmm. kind of that, but it's from an exegetical standpoint in Ephesians 1. It's in all the old guys. They all saw it there. And uh, it's in Irenaeus. Um, it's in, uh, I was going to say Aquinas. I'm sure it's in Aquinas. Actually, I'm not sure. Everything's in Aquinas. Everything's right? in Aquinas. The, both the good and the bad. <laughs> it's like Mike Renhan one time when Aquinas is on, man, is he on? And when he's off, man, is he off? And I'm going, that's my experience. But um, so anyway, I, I'm, I'm working on that. And it helps, helps us understand a lot of things. But I have a lot of, I have a lot of readings to do in that project because you got to deal with atonement theories as well because this mm -hmm. is the, this is connected to Colossians 1.20, the reconciliation of ta panta. Mm -hmm. All things, which in context is everything created. So we got to yeah. sort that out. How does, is reconciliation cosmic? Is it all inclusive? Is there not, is there redemptive reconciliation? And then some sort of non-redemptive mm -hmm. reconciliation? And I'm going to say there is. Mm -hmm. It's called subjugation of the enemies. Uh, but Paul uses that word there. So, and it's, it's in the Christian tradition as well. I'm not in, interpreting these texts in a new way. I did stop doing that about 20 years ago. Good. Because you get all arrogant and proud. And cool. You know more than everybody else. And it's like you don't. So, all right. So with that, uh, before we wrap up here, I mean, you've been pastoring for? 1990. Okay. Since so 1990. Long time. So that's seven years. Seven years, yeah. Uh, Twelve. So what, do you, what would you say? What, what one piece of counsel would you give to a young pastor? Or, let me put it this way, if you could go back and talk to young Rich Barcellus and say to him what you wish you had been thinking about when you were first starting out as a pastor, 
that you've learned since then. What counsel would you give? Uh, how long do you want this show? It's going to go? wrap up here pretty quick. We'll just oh. cut you off. Go ahead and start oh, talking. Yeah. To oh, man. I, I wish I could go back and read uh, the classics of historical theology way earlier than I started. I did start to read John Owen in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, who would you include in that besides Owen? Uh, Irenaeus, uh, Athanasius, Cyril of Alexandria. Where were you my whole <laughs> life, Cyril? <laughs> Especially on the Gospel of John. He's just, he's just great. Uh, here's one thing I would tell early Rich Barcellus. Read commentaries, because you're going to be preaching through books as a young man. Read commentaries in chronological order and get the oldest ones you can, okay? And and ask somebody older than you, what are the best commentaries on whatever? I'm preaching through the Gospel of John now. And read them in chronological order, by Mm. 20, by 30. But after about three or four chapters into John, you're going to settle on about five or six of them. Mm -hmm. Because mm-hmm. so much repetition, and then the more modern you get, so much secondary issues about the size of sandals that doesn't minister to a poor woman who's got a jerk for a husband half the time and four kids that she can barely get to church. You know, I'm not going to tell her what size of sandal Paul probably wore. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. I'm being a little. No, I got you. Know I'm, what I'm I mean? Though. With you exactly. When I you am. read the old guys, they talk about the text mm-hmm. in the context of scripture. And uh, uh, they don't worry about sandal sizes. So I, I would tell young Rich, hey, get all, get an older man in your life or men mm-hmm. that know way more than you do and don't do the arrogant, I got an MDiv thing. Humble yourself and ask them the best commentaries on whatever book you're reading through of a, from a large swath starting with the patristics. See, we're spoiled now because we get patristics in those nice, I, I saw them in your study, mm-hmm. those nice IVP. Nice size, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have those. So it, that's been so helpful for me to, mm-hmm. to read commentaries through in chronological order. Mm. Uh, yeah. So that's good. Find older guys and knuckle under what do they say as far as reading goes. Well, and now you are one of those older guys. So. Well. We'll put your uh, sixty-four. We'll, yeah, we'll put your your uh, telephone number, your website, your street address on the. <laughs> no, look. Thanks for being here with us. Thanks for teaching the course and joining me today on the Sword and Trial. It's always good to see you. I've appreciated your here. friendship yep. and uh, enjoying to get to know Nan a little bit better. It's been years since I've seen her, so yep. she doesn't uh, change much. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's so sanctified, man putting up with you she deserves a couple of crowns anyway thank you folks for watching this show is now over that's right thanks for joining us today we look forward to uh, you joining us again next week